Are students more or less committed to their church than they have been in the past? And a question with that, are students more or less committed to their youth group and youth ministry than they have been statistically in the past? We're going to talk about that over this episode and hear directly from students in the research that we're doing to find out the question that so many youth ministries are asking right now. Are students committed? I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Good to have you with us today on this episode of The Thought Factory. Jason, it's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Good to be here, as always. Yep. We just had a great couple episodes, something that I feel like was bottling up in us for a long time, and that is this idea of Sabbath. It's been a couple episodes Incredible on that. Incredible episodes. I think there's a lot that you can glean from and get by just listening to it. Understanding the Sabbath is very important in our faith and combating stress and anxiety to be able to have the the ability to, to unplug and rest, I think it's so important to listen. It has huge ramifications for what we're doing as we work with students as well. It obviously affects us personally. We need to be living that discipline, but also working with families and students who are just so stressed out. And Sabbath, frankly, is a very countercultural concept within a lot of Christ followers today. So great episodes next couple episodes, uh, we're going to keep talking about this topic we're going to do today. Then we're going to get into the Bible and what does the Bible look like right now in the landscape of students, number one, and in youth ministry, and what are some the latest trends and research, things we're learning. We've got a, a very special expert guest that we'll have joining with us for that. Today's episode, we are looking more at the commitment of a student into their church as well as their youth ministry, and we can ask the question, Are students committed? We may see them come once a month or twice a month or six weeks can go by, two months can go by, and we're just wondering where they're at. And then we start to question, are they even committed to not only the youth ministry, but the church in general and and the ramifications that it could have if they aren't committed to the church? This will be a, a lot of statistics, a lot of things we're learning in our research. You can get the research that we're drawing from for free, if you go to neverthesame.org slash trend report, you can download a free copy for yourself. It's beautifully done. It's very visually appealing, and it gives you some of the latest research that we're finding here at Never the Same as we're interacting with thousands of students around the country. So that's neverthesame.org slash trend report. There's also some bonus content on that website as well. There's some video content that youth ministries can use to help process some of this in the context of what that means for youth ministries. So there's some video content along with some ways to interact with that. I want to encourage you to check that out, neverthesame.org slash trend report. The whole intent of those trainings is as you gather your leaders on a weekly basis before ministry or maybe a, a overall ministry training for leaders is to take some of these topics and some of the, the research that we've been finding and walking your leaders through this this research, the findings of it, the this is what students are saying. This is the perception of adults. And how should we shift our perspective as we guide students? Because is our perspective off from what the students are saying? And so the trainings are 
are really there for you to as a resource so that you can better your ministry practice with students. All right, let's talk about one more thing that's happening next summer. Claim Your Campus 2020. This once-in-a-lifetime event, we're calling it a moment to mobilize a movement. And this moment will be held on July 4th weekend at an outdoor event near Kansas City in Kansas. And it's going to be a time where we're calling this generation of students together and we're calling out to God for change. And we're calling out at a place for change that affects every community in our nation, and that's our school campuses, middle school and high school. 69,000 public, private, and charter middle and high schools in the United States, and we want at least 10,000 to be represented there by students at this event. There's going to be people there you've, you've known for King and Country, Phil Joel and Zealand Worship, other artists, speakers as well, and it's all focused on helping students have this moment with God and then being equipped to go show and share Jesus back at their campus in three specific ways. Getting them to understand that participating in a weekly prayer group can change the whole landscape and dynamic and culture of their school. We're going to show them how to do that and why it's important. We're going to teach them how to share their faith verbally, and then we're going to show them ways that they can tangibly serve on their campus. So prayer, share, and care. Three simple ideas that they'll walk away with. It's an event unlike any other that's ever happened before. There will be over 50 ministries and organizations joining us and our organization as we hold this event called Claim Your Campus 2020, July 4th weekend. Listen, it's over the 4th, and we get it. And a lot of people might think, well, why would I want to go to Kansas on July 4th? And here's what we're saying. If you care about the future of our nation, if you care about students, if you care about lending our voice and making our voices heard before God and before our nation on behalf of these students, then let's rally behind and let's let's give up this holiday season of this year on behalf of our nation and praying for our nation. Our nation, the soul of our nation is eroding in this generation, and it's not their fault. It lies at our feet. So we as adults, we have to do something. we got to step up. I want to see you get involved in this. Go to ClaimYourCampus2020.com right now, and as you're listening to this, just go to the website, and you'll see a, a button at the top right that says Get Involved. Maybe you want to join a prayer team or you want to just keep up to date on the information that's happening, go to the website and just stay informed in what's going on. This event has the potential to change so much and to shape so much. We've talked about it on this podcast before, but we think about moments like uh, Woodstock and moments like the Asbury Revival that happened 50 years ago that are still rippling in their effects today in our culture within and and outside the church Moments are important. Moments matter. This will be a moment to mobilize a movement. So, Jason, where do they go to learn more? They can go to ClaimYourCampus2020.com to learn more. There's a Facebook page that you can go to, Claim Your Campus 2020 as well. You can find updates. Jeff, you also do a weekly update um, Tuesday nights. Live stream. Yeah. Live stream where you and a couple of friends are discussing this and Really, what are those updates look like that are different than what may be said on this podcast? We do something pretty live. It's live, so it's raw. It's every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, on the Claim Your Campus Facebook page. And we talk with students that have seen prayer just totally change their schools. We're talking with guest artists that are involved in the in the event. We're talking with adults like you that are listening that are, are getting on board and, and things that are happening. We're talking to other ministry organizational leaders as well. There's a, a lot of momentum and things happening. And so that's what we do every Tuesday night, 9 o'clock. That's on the Claim Your Campus Facebook page, Tuesday, 9 Eastern, every week. So one of the questions that we hear a lot is, 
are students committed to being a part of a faith community as much as they used to be? We've got some strong data here to help us understand what students are saying to us, Jason. And, you know, that the landscape has changed, and there's lots of reasons. And if you go back to our Sabbath episode a couple episodes ago, we talked about I, some of it really does point back to Sabbath, What the the ground that I feel like we're losing in that area that's affecting things like our commitment to the church because people just say, well, I can... I can live stream or I can catch up later, almost like, you know, binging a TV show. It's like, ah, I don't need to be there. I can watch it later. You know, you've got that mentality that's kind of crept into the church, you know, as well as just, you know, other things that are crowd- overcrowding our lives. And Barna Research, you know, they changed their, the way they categorize what's considered a regular church attender from twice a month. Now they redefine it to once a month. So the landscape is changing. And I think it's a question that, is really in the forefront is our students committed. I think even when we are looking at how uh, important Sabbath is and the understanding that they may not have about the importance of gathering as a collective body of believers, you see then the trend go down that they don't see the importance of even showing up. It's like, what's the difference? It's like, I'm not required to be here. I don't see the importance in my life. So they there's less importance of it when we don't fully understand what a Sabbath is and how important it is to gather as a a collective body of believers. So we ask students things like how often they're attending Sunday services, what's their commitment as compared to their youth group and so on. And this is going to be one of our heavier statistical driven episodes. And we're just going to look at, look at the direct answers rather than trying to guess. We're going to the students themselves we're asking these questions. Now, the other interesting thing about what we do here with this research is we ask students that, and then we ask adults to give us their perception of how they think their students would answer. So we see some interesting similarities and some interesting differences. So the first question we ask is, how often do you attend Sunday morning services at your church? What are we learning from that? The first answer was every week. Second is frequently. Third, sometimes, or I don't go to church on Sundays. So every week, four times a month, maybe five times a month, frequently two to three times a month. You know, you may miss a week or two. Sometimes it's at, you're at least once a month you are showing up. And the top answer that we have received is 59% of students say they attend services every week. And yet another 24% say two to three times a month. I look at that and, you know, you might hear that answer and, and say, well, 59% is still not great. Like I, it's not a hundred percent. It's not, well, of course we're just looking at the fact that 59% is, is still attending every single week to a Sunday morning service. I thought that was actually pretty high myself. Yeah. I yeah. was surprised at how high the number is. And on the other side, from the adults perspective, that top answer of every week is, was at 23%. So you know, about half, so, actually less than half. Yeah. So they're what they're, adults and what students seeing, are saying. Yeah. So they're saying that uh, the students may not be showing up every week. Uh, they are perceiving that they aren't showing up every week. Um, so I don't, there's a discrepancy there because the adults are saying, we think the students are showing up only frequently. That was the, the adult top answer at 56% saying it's more of a frequent attendance instead of a regular every 
week attendance. Now, I think what's interesting and one of the things that's changed is when you look at your overall attendance of your youth ministries, you're talking with not right now to youth pastors and youth workers, you look at, let's say you've got 50, on average of 50 students that come to your youth ministry. I think what's where the landscape has changed is the the number of students that you're drawing from to get that average number 50 is bigger. I think in the past, you might say, well, we've got 50 students that come to our youth ministry, but if you had them all here, it'd be 100. I think now it might be 200. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, well, we've got 50 every week, but but that's out of 200 students that, that come and go in this place. And so people are a lot more transient. They're less regular in showing up because, you know, in student ministry, a lot of it, we're dependent on the schedules of families and especially with middle school, you know, parents literally taking them there. And so that's one of the shifting landscapes is I think that we're, we're getting numbers from uh, smaller numbers from a bigger pool of students. And, and that's the one thing I learned as a small group leader, you know, that I, that I don't think I would have seen from the same perspective as a youth pastor. As a youth pastor, one of the main things I think that we look at is just what's the bottom line attendance number? Okay, it's 50. But what we don't see, uh, what I saw as a small group leader, I don't think I would have noticed as a youth pastor, was I noticed that in my small group of seven or eight guys, middle schoolers, I would say there were two or three out of eight that were there every week. The other five or six was were rotating from a group of like 15 other students. So I, in essence, had you know 20 to 25 students in my in my care, so to speak, but only seven or eight every week that were there. But again, a youth pastor just looks and goes, okay, we got 50, but they're not seeing sometimes how inconsistent. So you might have 50 there, but you look out at one student and he's been there once in the last month. And that impacts their community, their depths of relationships, the discipleship journey, them bringing their friends. There's so many challenges that we face when students are only there once a month. And that can be really frustrating for a youth pastor to look at the bottom line number and be like, man, if everyone just showed up all at the same time, it increases the number and it, it makes it look much better. But what are we doing as a youth ministry to to make sure that the student that isn't attending every week to still feel connected and still feel welcome and still feel like this is a place that you belong at and you don't want to miss it. And it's not so much of a promotion of an event or your gathering. It's going to be the sweetest thing you'll ever see and like try to almost oversell it and sugarcoat it. It's like as a relational aspect and body of believers to say you are missed and we we want you here. And and as a leader to say, I am I'm willing to go after you and, and get you here or, you know, there and not not forget about them, not to just look at who is there, the the eight that's there, but to look at the 25 and go, man, that other 17, like, where are you at? Like, we want you here. You, you are, you belong, you know? And so we can tend to ignore or forget about the others that are only showing up once a month. Yeah. I think, I think we've got to be so much more proactive in ministry. And here's, here's the thought for us working with students is this. I think students, their commitment to us is probably reflected in our commitment to them. And it goes back to what you just said. So think of it this way. Um, you might say, man, they just, they're just they just not committed. They never show up. And let me 
say this to us. When have you showed them that they belong? When have you showed up at their door literally and said, hey, I'm here and we miss you? Or instead, we send them an Instagram or a text you know, message, and, and that's good, but it doesn't replace the commitment to literally get in your car. And I say this all the time to ministry leaders. Go, to, go show up in their driveway, leave the car running, knock on the front door, and say, hey, uh, I can't, you know, you don't want to intrude. You never know what, you know, people's vibe is about going to their house. But if you just stand at the front door and they see your car running, you just go, hey, I'm just here real quick. I just wanted to let you know. I was just thinking of you. I've been praying for you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm, I'm just glad that you're part of my group. Whether you're a small group leader or youth pastor, what a difference that will make. And they may not be able to go to youth group that night and, you know, hop in the car with you. But they will remember that. That's right. And so in the future, the next week, when they have to miss again or they're questioning whether they should go or not, they will remember you showing up in their driveway and saying, man, he does care. So when we're talking about, yeah, Yeah. when we're talking about commitment, we need to we need to show that we're more committed to them than they are to us. And I think that's really key. So we asked another question. What's your commitment? We asked students. What's your commitment to your church as compared to your youth group? So how how committed are you to your church in comparison to youth group? And this is where it gets really interesting for me because I, I kind of geek out over these numbers. So uh, we said, is your commitment to youth group strong and to your church? Or is it strong just to your youth group and not to your church? Is it weak to your youth group, but weak to the church, and then weak to the youth group and strong to the church. So we kind of wanted to see, are you committed to both your youth group and your church? Um, or are you just committed to one or the other, or are you not committed to either? We got some interesting responses. Yeah, many times we can think they're only committed to the youth group. I don't see them showing up on a Sunday morning or to the larger church at all. And we look at these numbers and the top answer, 55%, is strong to youth group. So they are committed to the, the youth group, but also strong to church. So the majority of students are saying, I am committed with a strong sense to both aspects of the church, not just the one that is for my age group, but also the church in general. So 55% of students said, yeah, I'm, I'm, my commitment's strong to both. Here's what's interesting. On the adult side, only 18% thought that their students were strong to both. And then the next uh, response really shows the discrepancy between what we're seeing and believing as adults, where students are at. So 68%, by far the largest adult response here, when we ask them what they thought students were thinking, is they think that their students are strong to their youth group but weak to the church. That's 68%. So what we're as adults are saying is, yeah, 7 out of 10 of my students, they're really committed to youth group, but they're not committed to the church. And the students weren't saying that at all. I wonder if that's the perception of the student for the church and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm committed, but I'm not attending. Does it mean the adult leader that's responding in this survey just doesn't notice the student on a Sunday morning? You know, you may go to a large church and there isn't this formal gathering of a small group just to check in like you do in youth group. So you could attend one hour and miss another hour and your students are attending yeah. the opposite. You know, it's like 
are, is it just a passing by and you're missing it? Or is it like the student itself is just saying, yeah, I, I am committed to the church. I may just not go. There's definitely a trend towards more and more programming, one hour a week programming for student ministries. And that one hour is on Sunday morning. So it's running concurrently with weekend services. So because of that, I think a lot of times we can see that and go, well, our students are there on Sunday morning, but they're never in the big room, the big house, big church, whatever you might call it. And I think that presents some challenges for us. And I know all the time, I felt like in the church, the last church I worked at, a larger church, you know, with a few hundred students in our high school ministry, we were being asked all the time, bring your students to this. We had our big thing on Sunday night. So, hey, we're doing a concert on the other end of the church and bring your students down. And I found that we were getting opportunities once or twice a month to do that, where it's like, hey, take a break from youth group and bring them down here. What I was trying to do was build community and consistency, you know, where I was like, I don't want to, I don't want my students guessing every week, hey, where are we going? And frankly, you know, there's a lack of trust that I had, and some of it, most of it was legit. Like, am I going to bring my students down to the other end of the building to something that they're going to think is super lame when I can do something way better, right? And they can be with their small group leaders, and I'm not having to worry about supervision. And we're just kind of in our space that we're used to, to, uh, to leading in. And and I think that we have to have a balance in that. We have to be a part of the congregation that that we're connected to. So you may think about how are you, how can you continue to boost their commitment to your church? So for example, can you do a can you match the series that they're doing with the with the adults and you teach through the same series or you're making some of the same announcements or you're making announcements about church-wide things that may not even be student-oriented as much, but it might connect with their parents. And even if for no other reason, then you're helping them to feel connected to the entire congregation. And if you don't gather on a Sunday morning as a youth group, are you gathering your students that are attending the larger church in a, a section? You know, you're saying, yeah. hey, meet me in this section. If you're going to be attending, you'll find me, you'll find all these other leaders. This is our quote unquote section to just be able to participate in the larger church at hand. Yeah, that's that's a great little insight and handle as well. The next question we ask is, I feel like I'm part of my church um, as a whole rather than just my youth group. So do they feel a part of the bigger congregation? So strongly agree, somewhat agree, neither, or somewhat disagree, or strongly disagree. How much do they feel a part of the church as a whole rather than just youth group? And we had answers that were kind of close on this one. Well, it was close, but the top two, somewhat agree and strongly agree, it came to about 71% of students saying, I agree that I feel like I'm a part of my church as a whole than just the youth group. And I guess looking at that, it's again, the trend of the students and saying, yeah, church commitment is important. And then the, on the flip side, the response of the adults, the top answer at 30, almost 33% is they're saying I somewhat disagree. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't really agree with this statement that my students are feeling like they are part of the church as a whole. So I, I thought that was interesting. There's this discrepancy between what students think and what adults think the students are, are doing. So students are saying, I strongly or somewhat agree that I feel a part of the 
the whole church that we're a part of. 70, 70, 71% are saying that. And on the adult side, 39% think students feel that way. That's a, that's a major, major gap. So I think what we can take away here is that 7 out of 10 students in our youth group feel at least somewhat or very connected to the entire congregation. And again, that affects how we lead and what we do. And I think we're only doing our students a favor when we can do everything we can to connect them to this larger, multi-generational congregation that we're a part of. You mentioned earlier where there's youth ministries gathering on Sunday mornings congruently with the larger church. And I wonder sometimes, does that hinder um, the connection to the church in a larger sense? Because it's still saying we have an alternative to the larger group, the larger church. So when you graduate out of this youth group, you don't feel connected to the, the large church as a whole. You start to wonder, will they be committed? Is that a hindrance to to getting them feel connected to the church as a whole? And I would say one of the most, if not the most controversial thing I ever did as a youth pastor was I canceled our Sunday morning discipleship program that ran concurrent with our two morning Sunday services to get students more connected into the entire body. And I had parents, I had students that did not like that. They thought we were going in the wrong direction. We had several meetings and discussions and communication about it. But the idea was we want students to be more connected to the body. And because what was coming out in those days, this was about 12, 13 years ago, sticky faith and that idea was starting to emerge and the numbers were starting to show that if students aren't connected to the larger um, congregation, they're much more likely to disconnect from their faith. And I was very um, up on that research and had been thinking and processing that for a couple years. And when we made that decision, you know, it was tough because people are like, well, you've got a successful program that's going here. And we were helping students, you know, engage in the Bible, doing things that we really believed in. But, but we, you know, shifted and recalibrated our ministry and, and just absorbed that into other things and and eliminated that program in that time. And, and that was for that reason. Now, that's pretty drastic. And some of you listening to this are like, I don't know if I have the leeway to do that. And that was a bold move for us to do that. But but it was good. I had the same conviction as well when I was a youth pastor going, I, I'm putting this program on as an alternative, but the larger church is so much more important. Like I want them to have a, a lasting faith throughout their life. And if they don't feel connected to the larger church and they leave this program and they just are wandering aimlessly, then what am I doing to help them be be successful in in their faith later on with serving the church and being a part of the church and the community? And so, yeah, I remember making that decision, the pros and the cons, and the parents going, well, what am I going to do with my student and all that stuff? And you just go... Show them what it's like to go to the church service and engage in worship that way. Yeah, sit together as a yeah, family. Yeah. The multi-generation component is important. Uh, one more question in this segment, and this was a fun question to, to look at. We asked students, of the options below, which would matter most to you if you had to pick a new church to attend? Because students, if you were in charge and you had to pick a new church, we know rarely do students do that. A lot of times, for the most part, adults and parents, guardians are making those decisions. But if you had to pick, what would be the most important to you? So we said, 
Is it the weekend service? Is it the pastor or pastors? Is it opportunities to serve others? Is it being with the people that you know, the friends and family? Or is it the size of the church? What what would matter most to you if you had to pick a new church to attend? We'll give you a minute to think about what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the Jeopardy music playing right now. The top answer, sorry pastors, but it's being with people I know, friends and family, at 38%, saying if I had the option, what matters most is the people that I attend with. And that's super important. That's another little piece of, of nuggets that you can use when you are kind of looking at the friends that they surround themselves with and are inviting to the youth group and how important it is to have friends in the youth group and people that care about them. And it just shows how important the relationship is with these students, whether it's friends or family or, or leaders. Granted, the second answer is at 32%, the pastor. Yeah, so that's right up there. It's, it's, it's kind of close. It's still important. How much does the pastor care? Uh, you know, there's many aspects to the pastor, but, um, again, it just still goes back to the people I know and that's super important. Now, what's crazy is you can add the top three answers that students are saying they would be the reason they would pick a church. And so you mentioned the first one being with people, you know, second is the pastor. And then the third is opportunities to serve. That was about 18%. So think of this, you can combine those three things together the being with people you know, the pastor and opportunities to serve, those top three answers match and what the adults thought would be the number one answer, and that is being with the people they know. That's 83%. So students are a little bit more spread out. It is being with the people they know, but their interests are a little bit more varied than what we as adults think. We as adults think overwhelmingly, 83%. There's obviously not a second close response for adults here. 83% said, I think students want to connect with family or friends. And while that's about the same as the combination of the top three answers for students. So students' answers are a little bit more spread out. It's not a it's not a one solution here for, for what they're looking for. But being with people they know is at the top at about 38%. 32% was the pastor. 18% was opportunities to serve. So this shows that they care about different things and... Um, and that matters to them a little bit differently than what we would perceive as adults. So we spent this time talking and, and understanding what students are saying to us and how we're maybe similar but off in some areas as adults. I think here's the bottom line for us. We're talking about how students are committed to church and to our local church, to their faith, to our ministries. I think we should think of it this way. We shouldn't expect students to be committed to us until we're committed to them. And we're wanting students to engage in what we are doing. And we're doing it on their behalf. We're doing it for good reasons most of the time. But we've got to show them that we care. We've got to be committed to them. We've got to, we've got to go out of our way and go the extra mile to help students understand individually, not just to see that big number like we talked about earlier. Hey, we had 50 students and great, we're trending and we're growing. Well, maybe you've gone from 50 to 75 students in your ministry but in that time there's 50 of those students that are there once a month that are just drifting and lost and don't feel connected and don't feel loved and don't feel 
understood and seen for who they are individually. They're just seen as part of the bigger number. We got to get past the bigger number thinking and to think individually. So we got to be committed to them to do that. We have to show them that we care. And I think that will change a lot of our perspective, the dynamics of when students are showing up to our ministry. So let's be committed to them and let's help them understand that that love of Christ comes through us to show them that they matter. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.